Hello, friendos! Welcome back to episode two of the Never Ending Hum. I am your host, Dakota Colibri Williams, and this episode we have Jake from No Fun Club, Ship and Sail, and Good Luck Charm Records. A little bit of housekeeping. This episode is a bit shorter than what you should expect from the Never Ending Hum. That's on me. I didn't ask the questions I should have. There is a really good look at uh, running a DIY label, being in a band, being in the DIY scene during quarantine and outside of quarantine. This episode was recorded about a month and a half ago, so keep that in mind while listening. However, I still think that is a good episode and a good look at Jake's personal story and Jake's personal motives, even though the questions were a bit lacking, that's on me. I hope I can have Jake on again at some point so we can get a little bit deeper into the questions. Regardless, I still think it's a solid episode and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Also, Never Ending Hum will be moving to a Monday and Friday schedule. Every Monday, every Friday, there will be a new episode until we get through the full 16 episodes of the first season. We have a lot of great guests, so please come back every Monday and Friday and listen to me bullshit with a bunch of great bands, musicians, artists, managers, nonprofits. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy, and I hope you enjoy this episode. On with the show. All right, I am here with uh, Jake from... Many things. No Fun Club is your band, correct? Yes, it is. Then you're also uh, Good Luck Charm Records. Anything else yes. that, that you have a part in? Um, Those are my two big things in the music world right now. Um, there's another band I play guitar in called Ship and Sail um, with Colin Haggerty, who also plays in No Fun Club. No Fun Club and Ship and Sail are both great bands, just for the record. Um, so one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk with you uh, mainly is because, you know, you're in, you're in two good bands and we'll get into that as well. But you have your own record label, which I find really interesting. So what made you want to start that? Um, I guess I just saw a need for it. I started... Um talking to certain people about it maybe about a year ago. Um, this was actually when Colin was getting ready to release the hymnal EP for Ship and Sail, um, which um, I kind of ended up doing some of that release under Good Luck Charm Records. But um, everybody I talked to about it thought it was a good idea. Um, there aren't really too many people in Michigan doing that right now, um, running small DIY record labels. So I figured out. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty involved in the music scene. I see a need for it. I think it's something I could do a decent job at and kind of help out some smaller bands who might not be recognized nationally yet, but kind of help them kind of build up, kind of build up their band and help them out. I mean, at least from my perspective, you have a decent name even so far, you know, maybe not even looking at followers, but when I, you know, because I'm currently recording an EP with the wonderful guys that fit the bill or helped me record my little folk punk EP, and you were one of the first names that were thrown at me, was go talk to Good Luck Charms and you have demos. So, you know, there is a need for it out there. You, uh, your first, it's your first full release, right? Was the Boyfrienders album, uh, Scene from Brooklyn? Yes. So that's our first, like, full fledged, full LP release. Before that, um, like I said, we put out a CD run for the Ship and Sail EP hymnal, hmm. and then um, also did a CD run for Boyfrienders Diamond Boy, which was last November. 
you know, as someone who's been very interested in starting my own label since a little kid, you know, because I've always been into music and I never had the best voice. So I always knew I had to do a DIY if I was going to do music. Um, Tell me about what goes into setting up a label. Tell me what goes into setting this uh, Boyfrienders release, which if you're listening to this, the Boyfrienders release scene from Brooklyn is a fantastic album. But talk me a little bit through starting it up and going through that release. All right. Um. So I guess as far as starting it up goes, I've already had a good amount of experience with um, previous bands and whatnot with doing my own releases, with getting physicals and promoting them online. Um, so really, um, for the for Hymnal and for Diamond Boy, um, those really started with, um, well, I had talked to Colin about um, doing that release. So when Colin was doing that, Colin just sent me over the... Um, the masters for the EP and I was able to get him CDs done through easy disc um, and give him that. And I've kind of been slowly building it up and I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do eventually as far as having things set up, but it was really just a matter of um, getting the physicals ordered, getting the art done for them um, and getting them to the artists and then slowly trying to build up an online presence so that there's more of a platform out there. Um, Everything's definitely still a work in progress, but we're doing what we can. <laughs> with the with the boyfrienders, this was this was your first full fledged putting an album out under your label, correct? Yes. So how how was that different to this the CD runs? What were you more hands on with the promotion with the with the pro- project? Was it more just give me your masters, I'll buy the physicals, and we'll get them out to you, or you know? Yes. So as far as the physicals go, um, yeah, Benny did all the recording for that for Boyfrienders by themselves beforehand. Um, there wasn't really any um, involvement with that, but it was doing both the CDs and the tapes, and I worked with some of the promotion for it a little bit more. Um, Benny had submitted to um, Swim Into the Sound, which is a music blog um, that my friend Taylor runs. So I kind of talked to him about that and um, sent him the whole record. And um, we kind of, the three of us worked together to get something up on that site to promote the record as well. Um, cool. And as we grow, I guess we want to do more of that. What are, what are your plans in the future for Good Luck Charm? Are you looking to keep it small and DIY? Are you looking to get more artists on there? I know you have, I know you have boyfrienders. You are teasing a couple more artists I saw on Twitter. Um, what What's the future plan for Good Luck Charms? Yeah. So I think um, just with the nature of everything else that's going on, um, I have a, I work in IT full time as well, in addition to all the music stuff and I'm doing no fun club. So I don't know realistically like if it will ever be able to, if I'll ever have the time to make it like a full-time thing, mm. I definitely, um, I'm not trying to get in over my head with it, but um, I'd like to see it grow. I'd like to get a few more artists on there, do basically anything to the extent of what I can do to help out artists who I really like. Um, I guess that's the end goal and just see where it goes. With a true just passion that you want to help out all these smaller artists and help get the a little bit of success as much as you can. Yes. I know that was a that was a terrible question with you know how the world is looking kind of grim recently, but you know we we keep plugging forward. So I'm I'm right. I'm excited to see what good luck charms can do. 
Um, I'm excited to send you my demos. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun experience for me. Um, but so with no fun club, I guess is um, the question I want to ask is how did you get involved in music? You said uh, you do it full time. How did yeah. you get involved in music? Was it just a childhood love? Like a majority of us and you just did it. How did no fun club get about and just, Give me, you know, give me your origins, basically, in the music industry. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, so I've been involved in music since I was a little kid. I've been playing, I played the piano um, starting from when I was eight and played guitar starting from when I was 12 um, and had, like, cover bands and stuff through high school. Um, and then I ended up going to college at U of M in Ann Arbor, which um, Ann Arbor at the time had a really, really strong DIY scene. There were a lot of really big name DIY bands coming through the metal fret and other spots around town. Um, what year was so, this? Um, 2013 roughly was when I went to my first DIY show in Ann yeah. Arbor. Um, and it was kind of a slow, like I didn't like immediately get involved in the DIY scene after going to my first show. Um, First DIY show, um, which I believe was Empire Empire and Brave Bird and Dowsing and Football, etc. Oh, see, seeing them at a, at a DIY venue would be... That's not... That's, go ahead. Yeah, that was really, really sick. Um, but yeah, so I just... Over a couple years, I started to um, get more and more like go to more and more of those shows and get mm. like get to know the people in the community a little bit better. And so then um No Fun Club came about after I graduated college. Um my friend Nick, who I had played in bands with before, um had been talking to me about starting up a band. And so I had started sending him some demos and he um introduced me to his friend Arthur who was the original bass player for No Fun Club and we we jammed for a while and then Nick ended up moving before No Fun Club really became a thing but um mm. then Mike Higgins who's our current drummer he um he was going to college at the University of Indiana and he moved back to Michigan he said he was looking for projects to join up with and um we needed a drummer cuz Nick had moved away and so that was kind of the origin of No Fun Club and mm. um we started playing shows, um, recorded our EP with Tyler Floyd at Summit House Studios, and then Arthur left, and right before we were about to go on our first little weekend tour, and that's when we asked Colin to join, because we were already planning on going on tour with Ship and Sail, mm. so that worked out, and then um, pretty much right after we got back from that weekend run, um, I met Patrick, and Patrick had played in bad television which i don't know if you're familiar but they were are you yeah i am okay cool but yeah patrick had played in bad television with um wit feinberg my good friend i had been filling in for bad television for a couple of shows around that time as well um so i met patrick we hit it off pretty much instantly and he mentioned that he was looking for a band to join and so um he ended up joining No Fun Club, and then we recorded a few more songs. We did another weekend run and played a bunch more local shows, and here we are. 
it's really interesting um and something i really want to point out to the listeners is if you're not involved in the music industry and I've, i'm i'm very new into the diy scene um i've been in and around it for the last four years but this last 2020 is when i really started you know i just booked my first show starting to book shows out of uh the fledge which is a really cool venue in lansing um you know starting to record my own music if you don't like a lot a lot of this stuff happens kind of like naturally like you just said you mm. you, w- you went on a weekender you just you guys just yeah. up and went on a weekender and you end up getting new members just because of that weekender mm. and it's just it's so you never know what's gonna happen tomorrow and you know COVID-19 is kind of like the ultimate thing for DIY scene because it's the literal like yeah th- that happens Mm-hmm. not to this extent global pandemic breaks out and every single every single show just done through the year shot yep. yep my my very first show i got to play was last friday 14th of march mm-hmm. um and so literally in the middle i, I we live streamed it because no one showed up but it was a great show like we had some great bands we had uh boyfrenders was there uh you did that solo okay. show i think us. i watched the that on instagram live yeah so we did the instagram live and the halfway through the live stream my job uh i worked at msu i didn't go to school there but i worked there um okay and but my job like i got laid off in the middle like in the middle of the show like one of the one of the singers was playing and i just look at my phone like yep and so that that's just that really like embodies diy to me it's just you never know what's going to happen next but it's going to be fun some way or another if it wasn't for the for the the global pandemic i wouldn't be doing this podcast the reason why i'm doing this podcast the reason why i want to interview you and um i you know a bunch of other musicians is because this you know i was just getting ready to start doing you know do the weekenders record the album get involved in the scene but now I can't do that mm-hmm. because there's no shows. So I'm just going to interview you guys. And then hopefully when it's all over with, you'll let me open for you. You know, you sneak in <laughs> like, hey, hey, I interviewed you once. Can I can I open for your band? Yeah, cool. Cool. Put out my album, but please. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. Once this whole coronavirus thing is done, definitely would love to do something. So keep in touch. Um, but right. um, Go ahead. Do you know? familiar with the invite the neighbors podcast yes I, I love that podcast okay yeah that was pretty much um brian's thinking too and even back before coronavirus but um that was brian saw a need like for podcasts that were working with people and talking to people like in the local diy scene and um saw kind of like that was his way to get involved with the community and kind of make his name known. So when he was ready to start playing shows with his band in a daydream, like he'd know people already and it seems to have worked pretty well for him. So that's very cool that you're doing it too. I mean, that's kind of my philosophy though, is because I was talking to people before I did this. um, And one of, one of the things was like, there's so many of these out there. There's so many, there's so many like musicians, interview musicians, podcasts that, uh, there's a podcast specifically called no one cares about your podcast or about your band. And it's literally mm-hmm. just musicians interviewing musicians, but not being allowed to talk about their band. And so like, you know, that that's, that's funny, but 
I, I always see that there's never enough content. And I'm kind of like that with music as well. There's never enough bands. Yeah, there's so many emo bands right now that are singing about depression and, you know, doing the same twinkly Midwest emo riffs. But mm-hmm. you never know what person is going to say, I don't like this band, but I like your band. There's never there's never enough content out there. Right. Um, right. Everybody has some sort of perspective to offer. So the more content there is, the more platforms there are for people to kind of get their voice out there and, and share their story because everybody has a story. That's true. And like, that's what, but that's why we need DIY labels and DIY venues, right? Because, yeah. um, sure. wh- wh- where, where are you from in Michigan? I am from Royal Oak. Okay. So you're, you're on the east coast of Michigan, right? Yeah. East side, um, southeast. I'm about um, 15 minutes from Detroit. So I, I am from Lansing. And okay. I don't know how it is in, uh, in the Detroit ish area. But in Lansing, yeah, if you if you want like actual like real venues, you have mm-hmm. the Loft, which is for bigger acts as a higher capacity, and then you have Max Bar, and then you have the Avenue, and that's it. Everything else is okay. DIY venues, and so it's like Max Bar is great, but they they only have so many shows available, so. Mm-hmm. We need more DIY venues so that we can have all these great bands able to play their music. I don't know how the DIY scene's out over by you. I know uh, Ypsilanti has um, what what what's the what's the company that's booking out in the Ann Arbor Ypsilanti uh, area. Um, there's Out of This World and there's Church Street, which Mike, um, our drummer, does Out of This World along with um, Patrick Ray from Seaholm and mm. Gary Bice from Hibiscus Bones and Shelby Reed. Shout out Hibiscus Bones. Uh, they're going for all their <laughs> that shitty petty theft bullshit. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. That's uh, that's bullshit. <laughs> we won't get into it in this podcast. Maybe when I get a, I, I have requested an interview with Hibiscus Bones, but you should go listen to Hibiscus Bones just for the record. Anyways, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, um, Shelby Reed, who's not in a band, but is very, very involved in the music scene, going to a lot of shows and putting together a lot of shows. Um, she's also involved with Out of This World as well. There's Church Street Booking too, which is, um, Tyler Burkhart, who they've played in a lot of Ypsilanti bands. I think Tequila Deer is what they're doing right now. They're drumming for them. Tequila Deer is such a good band, though. I actually have never seen Tequila Deer, which is weird, because I'm, I'm good friends with Tyler and Spencer Heathcock, who plays bass in the band, too, I'm good friends with, but never got a chance to see him. I mean, I've seen him live. I've heard um, a couple, like, filmed, and I just really like their sound. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll, I'll think of Church Street booking, but Out of This World is, you know, is up there too. And I don't know, like, I I've, I feel like there could never be enough of those of those type of booking agencies that are helping out these smaller bands. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that next line of thought, so I'm just going to go back to a different one. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Tyler Floyd recorded your EP, correct? 
Yes, that's correct. Oh, just before this, uh, peeking back the curtain, I just got off of an interview with Jake uh, from Grey Matter, the bassist from Grey Matter, and the bassist from She, Her, Hers. Yeah. Um, and uh, for some reason, we, we were talking about Parkway in Columbia, which is Tyler Floyd's band, because I believe the drummer in Grey Matter is the percussionist in Parkway. So, yes, Nickel Forge. Um, they play vibraphone in Parkway, I believe. Just such a cool, like, I don't want to call it a gimmick because, like, it's a unique sound, but like, it's such it's such a cool like thing to see them play it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's such a cool ambience to their sound. It, it fits real well. I I love Parkway. I'll never get over uh, talking. Parkway in Columbia is probably one of my favorite bands from the Michigan scene right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're incredible. Really good. Um. Yeah, so we talk about No Fun Club. Uh, you do sh- uh, ship and sale. Is that just like a live thing? Or yeah, I only play. Um, we were talking about having me play on the record, but now um, with the whole coronavirus thing, um, Colin's putting the record off for a little while, so I don't really know when that will happen. I think I still got to get back with him and figure out what the plans with that are. Everything's kind um, of in flux. Yeah, as as it is for most people, probably. Um, yeah, no fun club. We've had one show canceled. I think we're expecting more to get canceled, but we're really not sure. Yes. We're kind of waiting to see because we don't want to cancel anything. But um, I have a feeling more than just what we've canceled so far will be canceled. It's a weird time. Yeah, it's it's very surreal. Like it's it's a kind of thing you never thought would happen in your lifetime. Like every day it's a new thing. Like every day it's like and and there's so many cool like you know uh there's a there's a venue in Philadelphia called yeah. Luigi's Mansion that we're going to do a festival, but I think that's been canceled. So they've been doing these Luigi's TV where they get all these bands to do their sets on Instagram live. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. just it's so weird. I've seen it's so it's so weird to just see the innovation that people are doing because of mm-hmm. this. Yeah, no, and that's that makes me very hopeful for the future of DIY that people will always be like looking for ways to get their art out there, even even if you can't play live. And it's kind of making me think like, okay, maybe no fun club's been so focused on playing shows, maybe we need to pivot to some other things even even once this is over well besides music what like what what are your go-tos do you have anything else going on besides music do you have uh are you a are you a sports guy are you a game guy are you a wrestling guy what what kind of i'm like i'm a very casual game guy definitely to the like mostly nintendo games is pretty much all i'm into but um so you I'm even showing that Animal Crossing? Yes, I did get Animal Crossing, which has been taking up most of my time since I downloaded it. But um, very very busy with between work and music. But when I do have some free time, I do like to play the Switch, watch Netflix, oh. decompressing oh. type activities. 
I I feel I feel that for sure because when I when I get into something I go full in, and so like I just kind of I just, I'm the type of person where if I'm interested in something I'm not doing anything else for the next six weeks and then I'll never do that thing again. So I totally get that. Um, besides No Fun Club and uh, besides um, uh, Good Luck Charms, is there anything else that you're doing currently right now? Um. Mostly just thinking about a way forward in life with this whole coronavirus thing. But, um, yeah, just trying to keep No Fun Club and Good Luck Charm going through all of this. Keep on top of work. Um, relax and kind of just re-energize myself so that when this is all done. There's no better way to do that than with some Animal yeah. Crossing. True. Animal Crossing is the go-to. I'm t- I'm sick of this shit. Let me play something. <laughs> let me let me hop in this normal life simulator where you go outside the- and talk to people and run errands for people. <laughs> where you can host a DIY show. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, talking with me for just a little bit. Uh, I appreciate your insight. It's really it's it's really good to see why so like you know the one thing the one thing i want to do with this podcast i didn't want it just to be like oh yeah here is this band and they're shilling their shit i want i wanted to really get into why we do this why right. is it that we make music why is it that we ho- hold uh con- uh you know record labels why do we go to concerts what's the purpose mm-hmm. and uh i hope some people can see now they have a better understanding on why someone would open a diy label because like DIY labels, you're probably that, that's before before we before we end the interview, uh, for end the episode. This isn't an interview. This is a conversation. Before we end the conversation, um, if and if you don't want to talk about it, that's cool. We can you know, I'll edit it out. But the the DIY label, you're do you run that at a loss? Um, so far, yes. Um. Eventually, like, I guess the hope is eventually that it will pay for itself, but the goal isn't really to try to make money with it. It's to try to... It's, it's a passion of love. Yeah, try to give give more attention to bands who I really like. I, I think that's the one thing that if our, if the listeners take any way away from this podcast in general, this episode and the last episode, um, is that music is a passion of love. If you love singing, if you love yeah. playing instruments, do it. But just understand, you're probably not going to make money from it. Yes. <laughs> you, you. It, it would be wonderful if you can, if we can make break even. But we're probably not going to make money from it. And that includes venues, that includes booking shows, that includes running a DIY label, that includes just playing. We do this because we love it. If you ever go to a local gig, if you ever go to a DIY venue, or even like Max Bar. Or even uh, the blind pig in uh, Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Those people playing probably aren't making money off it. You, if you buy their merch, they might make some money off their merch. We, they might, mm-hmm. maybe, possibly. But we're, we're we're not we're not doing this for the money. Most of us are doing this for the love of just making music. Right, and it's it's definitely definitely a sign that. We all keep doing it, despite kind of how hard it is to make money and how 
how few people actually make money that all these people are in it doing it at a, at a loss. Thank you. Thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate the, uh, the insight and running your own little indie uh, DIY label. Um, I hope that it does. I hope that it does everything that you want it to do. I hope that you can get some, you know, get bands like boyfrienders that deserve the shine. If you're listening, please go check out boyfrienders new album. Uh, it came out when recording this, it came out last Friday. Yeah. The 20th, um, two days ago. So, but when you're listening to it, it'll probably be a week from, from then, but go listen to it. Scene from Brooklyn is really good. Go see boyfrienders live. Um, when the world is not over, <laughs> uh, go listen to no fun club. What's your latest record? Um, our late, we, in December, we put out two singles, um, Standard of Living and Tourist. Um, so check those out. Check out our self-titled EP from last March. Oh, I just realized today is the one year anniversary of when we put out our EP. So. There you go. So go check out that EP. Um, I know you don't play on the record, but go check out Ship and Sail. Uh, good band as well. And go see them live when, uh, Jake is playing in the band again when we you know can leave our houses um thank you so much for being on i appreciate it amen stay safe